he tosses it to me for the third inning and he goes, okay, for the play-by-play, here's Jeff. And I'm like, how is this life? Why is Bob tossing it to me? Shut up and sit down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Rolltech, and by Miller Lite. What is up, Wisconsin? Happy New Year from the Inside Wisconsin Studios. I'm Trevor Thomas. He in the uh, Beer Maker Brewer shirt. John Anderson, buddy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I feel bad. I feel like we could have taped this when I was home yeah. <laughs> in Green Bay, but I was sick as a dog. And then, of course, what you should you do if you have a really bad cold, you should go sit out in the Packer-Browns game sure. and, and see if that'll clear up the sinuses. I went I, there. You want to hear this? You want to hear a sad, sad holiday story? Sure. I mean, cheer me up. That'd be great. Sounds great. No, no this is all right. So I, we, we, we drive from Chicago, we cross, there's the Mars cheese castle. My daughter wants yeah. to go to the Mars cheese castle. Well, you got to go. And as we're they're milling around looking at, you know, odd shaped cheeses and, and trying to figure out, I'm looking at all the, the, the spirits and or um, cordials that can be available. But I see the original lineys and we've gone through this when we had Dick line and Google months ago, I can't get regular lineys. So I send you the picture. Look, I found regular lineys. So I buy that six pack. I figure that's fine. I know I got family coming, but the last time I was home, we got all these beer snobs, right? So I just put mine in the back. Nobody's going to know, but I have this cold. And so you don't, you know, you know, I just don't want to drink a beer. It doesn't taste right anyway. So I finally kind of go, okay, I feel like, you know, maybe I can, I can now truly show my colors and I open it up and those bastards drank every one of my original line. No. You didn't yeah. have any? That's ridiculous. I was so proud of you. I got a text from you that simply said about time with yep. a six pack of lineys and it was 10 20 AM. Yep. You must have been. And I should have just started pounding it on the rest of the drive home, <laughs> but I did not. Oh. And I paid for it. That's dumb. Oh. All right. Oh. I'll try to make that good for you. All right. Who's um, on the show today? I think I remember, but you, this is usually your area. Yeah, this is uh, the Brewer's Hot Stove Show. I'm not so much worried about hot stove as I'm worried about, can we have, you know, nice, a warm spring, a, a small campfire, <laughs> sure. maybe just a little something, a hot plate of... <laughs> maybe yeah, just a warm... Could we get a hot plate of spring when it comes through? <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. I don't, I don't know that we'll start baseball on time. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Well, our guest today, Jeff Levering. So Jeff is the seven years and running color commentator and play-by-play guy when Euchre doesn't travel for Brewers Radio. And now he's taken over 100 or 110 games as Brian Anderson, who's been with us here on Inside Wisconsin, goes and does bigger and better things. And so Jeff's going to be on Brewers TV too. J.A., I'm excited about this one because I love the Brewers. The Brewers are my thing. I know they're your thing too. And so why don't we just jump right into it? It's Jeff Levering, Brewers broadcaster, with us today on Inside Wisconsin. Shut up and sit down. And so here he is, Brewers play-by-play on the TV and the radio side. Now, we're going to get into that, along with some Big Ten stuff, some college hoops. Jeff Levering on Inside Wisconsin. What's up, Jeff? Thanks for being here. 
Hey, you got it, guys. Happy holidays. Getting close to the new year. Just a pleasure to be with you. Cheers. So in full disclosure, uh, Jeff and I had never met until about 12 minutes ago, and it turns out we are best friends. It's Love crazy. It. <laughs> We're, this, Trevor, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. You, we'll just uh, bring you when we need, need you, okay, okay Trev? I'll be here. Uh, Brian Anderson <laughs> says hi, by the way. I uh, checked in with him. No, listen, I think everything, it's, listen, congratulations on the promotion and, and the more dates and all those things. But I think everybody obviously wants to know why you're here is just uh, why can't Christian Yelich hit? So we'll figure that out and then we'll go with the rest of the show. Good. So just solve that one for us and we'll go from there. Is there a more pressing question uh, outside of will there be baseballs? Right. Uh, it, as we sit in the lockout, but is how do they fix Christian Yelich? Like, is there a bigger question that faces this team coming into the new season? I don't think so. I, I think there's a, it all kind of develops around Christian Yelich and um, you know, now he's going to start making money this year too, guys. And, and he had been somewhat on a discount over the last couple of years. He signed the extension going into 2020 and then the COVID shutdown hits. And then he stopped hitting in 2020 is kind of a throwaway year. And then you think maybe he's going to get back on it in 2021. And it just, it didn't happen. And he would show signs for a couple of weeks and then it was just back to, to just not looking very confident. So I, I think that is one of the biggest questions revolving around Yelich and the Brewers. I think their pitching is going to be great. Of course, the the ever-going conversation of will Josh Hader be traded? I think that they'd be silly if they did that at this point. you got to maximize your time with him and Devin Williams at the back end of the bullpen. But if you get Yelich back to just half of what he was in 2018, 2019, you're getting a very productive player. So it's a big question. And hopefully there is a season so that we can see what Yelly does in 2022. Yeah, we hope so too. Brewers is definitely our thing. So you were mentioning how hitting wasn't so great, but pitching was. And ironically, when we had BA on earlier this year in 2021, he talked about how there's been amazing moments that he's gotten to miss. And it just so happened that there was a no-no that he wasn't in the booth for. But you were, Jeff. I mean, take yeah. us back to that. How incredible was that to call a combined no-no with Bernsey and Hader? It was pretty neat. So I'd, I'd been on the other end where the team that I'd been working for had been no hit. In 2020, I was on the TV calling Alec Mills no hit the Brewers uh, September 11th or September 12th. Um, so it was really neat to have the opportunity. And I had the radio call of it. Craig Kishan was on the television call. Uh, but but the TV guys weren't traveling last year. So to be in the ballpark, to be in Cleveland, where there was a good amount of Brewers fans, it was the summertime, school is just about in session. So there's still a good amount of Brewers fans that were in Cleveland that weekend. So to see something that hadn't happened since 1987 when Juan Nieves and Bill Schroeder did it um, was really, really special. And, and that night with what Corbin Burns had done all, uh, done all season long, and then what Josh Hader's been able to do, and, and I know there was a lot of question marks about Corbin not going out there for the ninth, but I, I understood why they did it. It was kind of dicey that he went out there for the eighth, to be honest with you, after talking to council the next day. Um, but I, I thought it was brilliant. It was so fun to watch. After about the first inning with Corbin's stuff, and, and it felt like that all season, where once you get through one inning of Corbin Burns, you might see something really special. And more often than not, last year, you did see something special with Corbin. And that night in, in Cleveland was top of the heap there with him and, and Josh Hader and those two guys with Omar Narvaez doing the catching. It was a good night. It was a good night. Some electricity and just a blast to, be, to have the honor of calling a no-hitter. They don't happen all the time, even though there were 
like seven or eight last season. It just right. doesn't happen very often. So I have a lot of I things were... surrounding that, right? I have yeah. so mm-hmm. many things. One, I'm not sure I buy combined no hitters. So that makes me a bad guy. I get it. Like I'm just yeah. confused. I just need my guy to go out there, nine <laughs> innings, throw the no hitter, and we're done. Secondly, Trevor thought that Burns should come out for the night. Okay, this is a great story, though. I was love it. Uh, yes, I love I, it. of course I did because I wanted him to, and everybody wanted to see the no no the whole way. But here's Zero the best feel part for the game. He's got he has no. He's showing he had no feel for the game. Here's a great story. So John and I were texting back and forth, and I couldn't believe he wasn't coming back out. I was at the Millhome Supper Club in Keel, Wisconsin, with my oldest son. Okay, well this is great. John texted me and said he's done. Right. And I was like, you have to be kidding. There was no audio on of the game. We're sitting in the bar area. My son and I, we had just finished dinner. We're watching the game. John texted me that he's done. I walk up to the bar to get another drink because I'm all pissed off. And I say to the guy at the bar, one of the patrons, hey, he's done. He goes, there's no way he's done. And I'm like, I'll bet you 20 bucks he's done. And sure enough, I won, and I made him pay my kid, who was in tears because Burns didn't come out for the ninth. So I appreciate oh. that, John. You bought a router, too. You didn't even know it. I enjoy the part of the story where we have the play-by-play guy on, and he goes, and I was in the supper club, and the volume wasn't on. Yeah, sorry right. about that. <laughs> my radio broadcast wouldn't have been on anyway, so it was True. fine. It's okay. I You're sprinted not to me. find it, though. As soon as all that was done, I sprinted to find that because I think that's good stuff. Uh, you've had a great run, Jeff. You've only been here for, what, seven seasons now, but you yeah. joined Uke in the, the radio side of things when you first got here, and now you're making a move over to TV. Talk to us about what that's been like for you. That's a big deal. Yeah, it, it's been fun. Um you know, when I, when I got here, I, I wasn't even the, the number two guy. I was the number three guy and just doing games on the radio when Yuko wasn't traveling. And he was really starting to pare down his travel schedule um, at the ripe age of 80. And now he's going to be 88 in about a month. Um, so I was the number three guy. And I, I was really happy that I got that opportunity to kind of dip my, my pinky toe in the shallow end instead of doing the swan dive off the, the 10-meter high dive. Um <laughs> It, it allowed me to find my voice a little bit. And I, I'd spent some time in the minor leagues. I was eight years in the minor leagues. Um, so it allowed me to, to develop into my own, my own skin and, and figure out how I could do this at the big league level and doing three innings. And I had a great partner in Joe Block, who's now in Pittsburgh. And he left after a year to get the Pirates job. And, and then I get thrust into the full-time number two job. And I'm working with Uke and you know, some of the best stuff about my first year in 2015 and some of the, my greatest lessons were just sitting in the booth with Bob. So I'd do, I'd be at every home game. I didn't do every road trip. Bob did most of the, some road trips, but I did most of them. So I didn't have a chance to talk with him on the road, which is when you really get the chance to know somebody. But when Bob was in his off innings, he would sit and talk with me in those three innings. And I learned more talking to him in those three innings than I would have doing 15 years worth of baseball um, on the air. So it was like life lessons with Uke, having conversations with him and, and just getting to know him a little bit. And then I become his partner the next year. And, you know, I, I kind of knew how to be his partner and it was more like, shut up, don't talk. And, and <laughs> when, when I'm with him, it's, Uke has so many different ways to broadcast, right? So I've got so many Uke stories and I'm sure we'll get into them, but, I mean, the, the fact that 
he's he tells stories in different layers and depending on how he's feeling on that particular day is kind of going to tell you how many different layers you want to peel off of this onion for the story and all i'm there to do is just poke the bear and get more out of him nobody cares about what i'm talking mm -hmm. about like you're sitting there in the bar and you're listening to the game or watching the game the third and the fourth and the seventh inning when i'm on they switch to the tv broadcast and then they go back to the uke inning so i it's great for me it's awesome so when i'm with uke and i'm his partner i'm just poking the bear and trying to get more stories out of him and, and seeing how deep he wants to get into these stories. And as Wisconsin fans, you know exactly how a game's going within two minutes of turning a game on when Uke's on. It's either a blowout one way or the other. If he's talking about the game, then it's a close game. Um, so working with Bob has been amazing. Uh, it's been a real treat. And, and when I got to Milwaukee, Brian Anderson on the TV side took me under his, under his wing and, and he's helped me in a lot of great ways, made a lot of connections for me. We play golf on the road when we're on road trips together. So we've gotten to know each other extremely well. Um, kind of call him uncle Brian. He's, he's uncle Brian to my kids, which is kind of fun. Um, and then the, this TV opportunity came about in 2020. I think there was some, some conversations about it. I had a chance to fill in in a couple of games on, on national TV in 2019. Um, so I did national games before I even did a Brewers local game. And then 2020 hits and you got the pandemic and, and they needed some help to do some games at home. And I think they just wanted to try me out. And that was the year to do it. I did 10 games in September. And then last year I ended up doing 40 in 2021 for the home games. And then this year with BA, the superstar that he is um, only limited to 50 games because of his Turner schedule. I'm going to end up doing the rest of the games that, that BA doesn't. So it'll end up being about a hundred, 110 games on TV. And then the rest I'll do on radio. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm really lucky to be in the spot that I'm in uh, and have the support that I've had here from the folks with the Brewers. It, it really has been, been great just for everything. You know, how, how do you explain that to the larger circle of people you have that don't intimately know the ins and outs of what it is you do other than they go oh he's the radio guy he's the tv guy and it seems very simple i, I go back to where i started um to be honest with you guys and and when i was in college as a senior in college i was playing baseball and and i knew i wasn't going to amount to anything in, in terms of playing baseball for my career as a division three school and had no speed. I could hit a little bit, didn't have a position. So the spring semester, my senior year and finish up my college career, um, finish up my college academic career. And I'm interning logging tapes at Fox sports West and prime ticket in the catacombs of the Staples center. Now it's some mm -hmm. like the crypto center. Right. Um, and it was before <laughs> LA live was built and all it was, was a, a parking lot. And, a taco shop slash car wash across the parking lot. We used to call it the taco wash. So I'd spend the night there sometimes because I'd be working on a number of shows. My internship ends. I graduate college. Um, I finished my baseball career and they didn't tell me to stop coming in and my fob kept working. So <laughs> I just kept showing up, right? I just, the producer after producer kept asking me to work on their show. And then lo and behold, I'm working seven days a week and sleeping underneath an editing bay and working my tail off to try and get places. And now I'm working angel games, doing the, the radar gun as a PA or sitting behind Steve Fiziok and Rex Hudler and getting them peanuts and media guides and stats. So every job that I did at that point as an intern and then becoming a PA and learning everything in the truck so that I, I could be a better, and I knew I wanted to be a play-by-play -play guy. I didn't know how good I was going to be and never did baseball because I always played. 
I, I tried to learn every other job the best that I could so they could make me a better play-by-play guy. And it ended up working out. And I left that job at Fox and took a huge pay cut as a PA, freelance PA, associate producer, graphics guy to go to Rancho Cucamonga and make nothing because I wanted to chase my dream. But I've always worked hard. Uh, I've always been that kind of person. And to explain what my job is like, where you just don't show up and magic comes out of your mouth, rarely does magic come out of my mouth to begin with. But there's a (laughs) lot that goes into it to get you to that point, to sleeping in a Tetris Mm -hmm. formation, driving from Springfield to Corpus Christi for 16 hours and getting nothing but horror movies for your manager (laughs) who doesn't like watching comedies uh, or in Pawtucket where your flight gets delayed in Philadelphia for five and a half hours. And you're trying to find a way to Louisville before your game starts. So your organization (laughs) doesn't get fined 25 grand. It's like, those are the things that you live to get you mm-hmm. to this point to where you just show up and you call a game. And if there's a rain delay, you go, awesome. Where are the snacks? Right? <laughs> the sna- big, big deal. People are That's whining fun. about rain delays. The big leagues are like, this is, who cares? This is so great. And I'm so honored that I get to do what I do. J.A., you guys haven't even gotten to cover your MILB days. This is going to be a show. <laughs> We're back with more in just a bit. We are Inside Wisconsin with Jeff Levering. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Roll Tech, and by Miller Lite. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here, you can be the inputters, we're here to listen. We welcome everyone back inside Wisconsin, we're pausing on Jeff Levering for a little while, and it's top five time, um, I don't know how these became a regular thing, I thought they were something, though. but apparently you like, you can cut them up, we find them, people enjoy it. Uh, so in the spirit of the holidays that have happened, uh, not Thanksgiving, but Christmas, New Year's, that area, always big sports mm-hmm. time. Uh, you're gonna, we're going to go five, five games, five moments that we like uh, in and around the holidays involving Wisconsin teams, which means despite all the brewers, we get a little touch from everybody else because I don't know that we have any great brewer moments. You know, I got one. I have one. All right, fantastic. Right, it could be. I, I mean, like I went to Bob, listen to Bob Euchre at the uh, sure at a hot stove, uh, at, well, a caravan thing at the Riverside Ballroom one time this time of year that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, but that didn't make my list. But let's go. I want to hear yours. And as always, I'll be quiet and I'll just listen and I won't make fun sure. or pick on you at all. All right, here we go. Top five list time. Uh, here's my number five, John. I know you were there. I hope it made your list. Yep. The Yancey Fig Pin Drop. Okay. 12, 24, 95. That was a big yeah. day. Yeah. Christmas Eve. You were Christmas there, right? I was, I was there. You were uh, the there, first there. game I ever saw with my wife. That's the first Packer game oh. she went to. She was not my wife at the time. She was my fiance. But at the time, that was the first Packer game she ever saw. No kidding. I know you were here for this one, too. Number four mm-hmm. on my list, 12, 26, 1993. Yep. What happened? That's the Lambo Leap game. That's the Lambo Leap game. Yeah, I don't know how you hang. You have that, you know, uh, ahead of the other one, but that's fine. I, I go, I, you know, significance of what happened in the other one, which is a first division title. But sure. uh, yes, against the Raiders, I was there. Bitter, 
bitter cold. Real, yeah, super stupid cold. cold. And how old were you, you were in ninety three? By the way, uh, ten. Okay, just checking. Yep, ten years old. You were ten years out of high school. Number four, three. Number three. Sorry. Three. Badgers Rolls Bowl when we won it in '94, New Year's Day. That was a huge game for the Badgers football. You, is that on your list? I'm 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 sitting here thinking how you're going to find two better. <laughs> okay, I'm used to this by now. Especially if you so said one's going to be a Brewer thing. So right one now, is a Brewer already, thing. I'm questioning your sanity, but no, that's fine. But I'm doing, <laughs> but at least I'm doing it quietly right now. I'm doing it internally. Well, so this is a stretch. Here's my number two. It was Mother's Day 2006, so I didn't take it as the holiday season. I took it as a holiday. Billy Hall hits a walk-off home run with his pink bat with mom in the stands. I absolutely love that. I do, too. It just shows a complete lack of understanding of what we were doing here, but that's fine. (laughs) You said holiday. I made it a stretch. If you think that's a stretch. It's the holiday season. Right now, if I asked you it's the holiday season, like I said, I'm not sure you can go back as far as Thanksgiving, but if you want to go as far forward as Mother's Day, God bless you. Well, then here's my number one, and this will be quite the hoot. Number one, it was November 14th, 1999, Ron Dane, Breaks the rushing record. John, what's the holiday? November 14th. Yep. Major holiday in Wisconsin. Is it the start of deer hunting? It's opening day of deer season. That's exactly what it is. Number one, Ron Dane breaks the rushing record on opening day of deer season. I think my holiday list is perfect. So we're going to have to clarify this with a lot more on you because (laughs) this is just such a disaster. I mean, (laughs) I must have missed a couple. What do you have that I missed? Other than the whole theme of the thing, what did you miss? <laughs> right? I thought you'd get a kick out of some of I those. I feel like you've done quick work because I'm sure there's a Fourth of July in there, a President's Day. Like, you know. <laughs> I looked. Okay, so What'd you write other down? than you completely missing everything, love you. You got you got you got some of it, Thank but you. even I feel like even if we had done this, you've you've missed some. All right, so uh, number five, sure, is Christmas 2018. And that was the Bucks beating the Knicks. And it was the first time the Bucks had played on Christmas Day in 41 years. Oh, wow. Nothing says you're finally relevant again in the NBA like playing on Christmas. True. But it took Giannis until 2018. We hadn't wow. played since 1977 when they played the Kansas City Kings. Hmm. So, number five, the Bucks back relevant. Got it. Number four, Lambeau Leap. There it right, is. We're All there. Right. We're like that. Packers Raiders, 28-0. It's cold. It's really cold. Three, then, that's Pittsburgh Steelers, Christmas Eve, Yancey Thingpin, right. the ball. So Doing we good. flip-flop three and four. That's four fine. is great because it's probably, listen, there's no statue of Yancey Thingpin dropping the ball, but you can go to Lambeau Field and jump over a wall and pretend you do that. True. So I guess that, what is what do we value? I valued the first division title since 1972. I value that you were at both of those. Go ahead. I was there. You know what I don't value? Lenny McGill being like five yards away from Yancey Thigpen and who should have caught the ball from Neil O'Donnell. Yeah, so I don't know where Lenny is right now, but at the time, he was nowhere near the receiver where he should have been. True. Number two, then, we're here. Okay. You're with me here. Badgers beating UCLA in the Rose Bowl 1994. Right. So you've got that. Right. Right. If you would have just kept with the actual spirit of what was going on, you were on your way. You made it seem like a botch. Then you just completely didn't just take the wrong road. You went off-roading. You're in a four-wheel drive vehicle, and you're in the woods somewhere. 
literally. It'll make people laugh. That's the goal. So that was that was great because that you know at the time that was only the Badgers' seventh bowl game, seventh. Now they've been to thirty some. Right. But that was amazing. I still have the headline from the Press Gazette frame somewhere. That was as significant as still perhaps one of the most significant things. I think so. So that's number two, right where you might put somebody like I don't know Joe Thomas. Number one is Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Day, mm-hmm. 1967. Ice Bowl. But I'm glad, I can't believe that didn't make your list. I can yeah. see where you might want to overlook that. Just yeah, the most bad. significant game. Well, maybe not the most significant game in NFL history. I still think that was probably the, the Colts-Giants championship game. But the most famous game. How about that? In NFL history. That's all. Yep, in, our that town, one. in our town. On New Year's <laughs> in 1967, it's the ice bowl. I like deer hunting. Remember it that, happens. Brett? Do you remember that? It wasn't Brett Favre. It was Bart yeah, Starr. Do you remember him? Do. Bart Starr went over there over Jerry Kramer. Mm-hmm. They beat the Cowboys. Went on Lombardi's second to last game because anyone heard a, about it? Won a won a Super Bowl. Were you there? Super Bowl two. No, but uh, I will tell you this real quick. Both my parents were, see, but at the time did not know each other. Right, so I had moved because oh. my my father passed away, and yeah. so years later, my folks were discussing yes i was there i was there and it turned out they were only like two rows apart and about three oh, wow. seats over my dad always said i could have put my glove on a broomstick and held your hand that's how close oh. they were. They didn't, didn't know each other at the time that's really cool but uh you know listen with all due respect to deer season and billy hall with his pink bat on mother's day i'm still gonna go with the ice bowl sure to each their own and, and next time we do this hopefully you will too <laughs> And around Mother's Day, I'll go, how about we do something about the Mother's Day? (laughs) Shut up and sit down. We are back inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, Jeff Levering with the Brewers and NCAA basketball, but mainly with the Brewers. It's hot stove-ish Brewers time of the year if we play lockout, blah, blah, blah. Hey, uh, before we continue to hear about Grandpa Bob, I want to go back to Uncle Brian for a second. <laughs> I reached out to Brian Anderson uh, via text this morning and was trying to get him to surprise you and be like, hey, I'm back. I'm not doing a national game. I'll take it from here, Jeff. Uh, and he I couldn't do, do it. That. He's got some. Uh, that would have been really fun. But that's a, uh, He was actually texting me right before we were going on. So that's perfect. That's oh. great. Um, I didn't ask him for any of your accolades or what he thought of you. I just wanted him to come and surprise you. And here's what he said back. Jeff is a great talent and a great guy and family man, and we're lucky to have him here. He's turned down a thing or two to stay in this market and deserves the gig. I didn't want to be the reason he left, and I'm glad the Brewers allowed us to all work together. We're a tight-knit unit in the broadcasting department. It's rare. I'm thrilled we get to keep it going. I thought that was pretty damn cool. It's um, That means Jeez, a lot. You didn't tell me you're making this into a freaking Hallmark movie. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what are you, Roy Firestone, man? My bad. <laughs> to start My bad. Crying? Great content. Uh, when did Tom Rinaldi show up? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, that, that it does mean a lot, and, and I know Brian has been very um, complimentary of my work. Um, he's helped me get to where I am, and and he's real again. Like we're, we're really good friends. We're great teammates. Um, there have been some opportunities that have come up in the past, and he's been a great sounding board for me to talk to him about it. Uh, but we've created something really special with this Brewers group, and I think fans that listen to our broadcasts, whether it's on TV or on radio, understand that we're not just faking our, our friendship. Like we, we hang out, me and Lane hang out away from 
away from the ballpark. Our, our kids are good friends. Yuke and I and Lane all had a, a dinner at the great Harvey Moy's Chinese restaurant in Menominee Falls before he went back to Arizona. Um, <laughs> like Rock and I will text back and forth memes every now and again and wish each other Merry Christmas. And that's another great BA story too. We were at Rock's Christmas party a couple of years ago. My wife it was four years ago, as a matter of fact, because my wife was super pregnant. I got, I got pulled over from a cop and my wife, <laughs> she's about ready to burst. And this cop get, takes my license and um, I'm going on a tangent here, but it's a good story. He, uh, he takes my license, goes back to his trooper, his car comes back and he goes, Hey, you're not from around here, huh? And I went, I've been here for like four years, but yeah, not originally. So what do you do? I said, I work for the Brewers. He goes, Oh my gosh, you're Brian Anderson. And I went, <laughs> you're looking at my license. <laughs> like, clearly not Brian Anderson, man, but I guess I'm just the other guy and that's fine. I'm good with that. And he let me go and it was wonderful. <laughs> So, yeah, we are a tight group, and we do have That's something cool. special here. And I think the fans are, are very kind in, in what they say about all of us. So to that end, that, that you know, because there's still always a limited amount of, of uh, inventory, right, when you come to dividing all that up, yeah. uh, how is it that that doesn't become sort of um, – uh, where we cannibalize each other. Cause quite frankly, like even now I, I want shows and even my day off is coming up. Uh, it just happens to fall on a Saturday and they're the championship games, uh, the semifinals. And I call my boss and said, I feel like I should be working on that day, <laughs> you know, and I don't care who the other two people are right now. I just know that I'm not one of them and I should be. And I get that it's my day off, but I need to be on that show. Yeah. Uh, because that's like, that's sort of, I don't want to say natural, but that's, that's a part of it. And that, and that speaks to, the uniqueness of what you have, but how, how do we get around some of that? Yeah. It, and there's a lot of moving parts to that too. And I think in this industry, and it's really hard to do, you kind of got to check your ego. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've, we've done that. And, and for BA, as he, as he mentioned, he's missed a lot of games over the last few years. He's missed a lot of iconic moments. Uh, he missed the no hitter because he was doing something else. Um, you know, he missed the the Daniel Vogelback walk off grand slam. You know, I was on the call for that. So, the, and and for me, now that I'm doing the TV stuff too, um, I, I'm the only guy that's done 162 games over the last six years. So, I no matter what, I know I'm going to be on the air. I don't know what innings I'm going to do. Sometimes I don't know what booth I'm walking into in a given day, but I know I'm going to be working. And, and for me, I, I think that that's the most important thing. Uh, I don't want to miss big games. The first year that I was there, I only did 55 or 60 games. And I felt so weird because I did every inning of every damn game I did of the minor yeah. leagues plus everything else. So I'm sitting there at home and the team's on the road. And I had to live tweet from the Brewers account sitting on my couch. And I'm like, God, this is the weirdest thing. This <laughs> is so weird. Mm -hmm. um, but, but for me, if I'm on the radio side, I want Bob to have those big calls. I don't know how long he's going to be around. I don't know how long he's going to do this. He deserves to have those big calls. He's been in the radio booth for over 50 years. He needs those calls. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure he has those calls. And on the TV side, listen, if I'm on that TV side and I'm working with Rock, awesome. I just want to make sure that the fans appreciate it. And just doing what we do, uh, I think – I'm, maybe I'm in the minority, but you got to check your ego a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know everybody wants to work. I know everybody wants to work. It's a great job. It's a damn good job. Um, 
but the fact that we get to do what we do is is really special. And and even if you're not working and you're sitting in the booth and watching it, that's still pretty cool. True. Give me the transition radio side to TV. Like my guess is your your word content goes down sixty percent. Yeah. Uh, but still, it, it that's tough to just flip that switch. It is, and and I'm thankful that I've had the basketball stuff and the football stuff in the off season to to kind of train me a little bit more um, on on the word count kind of thing. And I could tell in the first few games that I did on on TV, it's like, dude, you don't need to talk that much. You're talking too much. You're talking too fast. Slow down. Let the game happen. And and it's another kind of ego thing and knowing your role to where when you're on the radio side, you're you're the guy you are the star of the show because you are providing the play by play. You're providing the butt, the brush strokes for this painting for the, for a TV broadcaster. You're not necessarily the star. Yeah. You're going to have the big calls, the big moments. You'd better nail them and slow down so that you can nail them. But my job more than anything else is to make sure that my analyst is, is having the best day that he can. And he's describing things in the best way possible. So making sure he's in a good mood and, and things of that nature before we even get on the air. Um, those are, those are big things. And, but you're right. The word count does significantly go down. It's slowing down. It's telling more stories. It's not you know, describing a ground ball to short with every bounce that it takes off the turf. So you could provide those pictures. It's, to short one away really easy right yeah. it's, it can be that simple it's almost and it's right. great because i work with euchre but you're almost monty where serrano makes this diving catch in the outfield and it's <laughs> fly ball caught <laughs> sometimes it's all you need to do if you well, ever great. The, if you ever heard the super 70 sports guy on twitter which if you haven't you should he's, he's my he's the best Right. But like the other day, you showed Pat Summerall and it was just like Montana Rice touchdown. What else you need? Like, yeah. there you go. There's your play by play guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff went down a, a rabbit hole in Tecmo Super Bowl. I, I caught that on Twitter the other day, too. I got a question for the lightning round about that. All right. Good. We've, we've brought him up a couple times. Let's get into it. You sit next to Bob Uecker almost every single day. I mean, yeah. John tells me all the time when we talk to guys like you, because I don't do this. I mean, yes, this is my full-time job now, but I don't I don't talk to the Bob Eukers or John Andersons or Jeff Leverings every single day like you guys do. He always says, Trev, you can't get starstruck. I can tell you right now that if Bob Euchre came on inside Wisconsin, I would yeah. crap myself. Me, no, me How too, did you know that far, but you'd be uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'd, I'd be starstruck too. Yeah. How are you not, Jeff? Talk to us about what it's like to sit next to Bob Euchre every day. Well, the first time I ever met him was the, the day before Christmas Eve in 2014. He was my last interview uh, before I got the, the job initially. Oh. So, I mean, it's at Don and Charlie's, the, the famous steakhouse. It's no longer there anymore in Scottsdale with all the, the great stuff on the walls. Mm-hmm. And, and I showed up half an hour early because I didn't want to be late. And Yuka was already sitting there for half an hour because he got the time wrong. But who am I to say that he got the damn time wrong? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he's sitting there with his wife and he he just um, has this amazing knack of disarming you within about five seconds he just starts doing his thing and talking to you like you've been friends for a hundred years and i'll never forget this when i when i was talking with him that night at don and charlie's i'm nervous i'm probably sweating through my blue shirt um and within five minutes of our conversation bud Seeley walks around the corner at don and charlie's and 
Uke stands up and says, hey, Al. And who calls Bud Selig Al except for Uke, right? <laughs> so he goes, hey, Al, I want to introduce you to Jeff. He's going to be working with us next year. And you talk about a cracker pants moment. Like, I don't wow. even have the job yet. And he's telling the former commissioner of baseball that I'm going to be working with him next year. Um, okay. And then you're sitting there for three more hours processing that whole thing and not officially having the job yet. Uh, but he is, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg with Bob. He's, he's a special human being. And again, those, those moments that I had with him my first year where I'm just sitting in the booth and he's talking with me about God knows what, you know, doing the ABC superstars show with Boog Powell and playing pranks with Kenny Boyer, Mickey Mantle. And um, he brings up stories about Howard Cosell. And I mean, Depending on where you want to go with this podcast, I mean, I could I could tell a lot of great stories. Um, the answer is yes. That's where we I want know. to go. What God. you just thought of, that's where we want to go. <laughs> oh man, there, there's some great stories where Howard had a, a couple too many to drink, and and uh, he was doing superstars and sitting with Bart Starr in a bar, and Howard Cosell comes back down from his hotel room, and he had forgot to put his hairpiece back on, and Mickey Mantle's at the bar, which leads to a whole nother story and segment that we could get into, but we won't. But the fact that he walked down without his hairpiece on, I think, shocked the world. Um, this is Cosell, of course. Um, but he's 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 the kind of guy that you never never get old. He could tell the same story. I've heard some of these stories four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, but for whatever reason, they always sound different. And they always sound so cool. Like this, this picture over my shoulder with Yuke on the motorcycle, like who else can do these things? Who else can have the type of career that he's had to where he's a professional athlete, spends time in the army before he becomes a professional baseball player. Then he's on the Johnny Carson show a hundred times. Then he's in movies and doing animated films. He's in the, the, the monsters Inc TV show or like puppy dog pals. Like who does that at 85 years old? Um, Yuke does. He's so, he's so special and and you're right. Starstruck first time I met him. Yes. And then when you sit there and you're his partner, uh, for the first time in his spring training game and you have to keep, I talked about the scorebook, I think in the last commercial break, but like it's Stonehenge. Look at this thing. This is, (laughs) this is just half of a season, right? Like this is you can and me scoring a game. Look at that perfect handwriting. Look at the changes there. Like it's that was my biggest worry because one of my the first things I had to learn was working with you, not just how to broadcast with him, but I had to learn how to score like him, too, because when he hands when we share the scorebook, we'll pass it back and forth to each other in the middle of the game. So he has to be able to read my handwriting. Number one, mm-hmm. number two. Scoring a game is different for everybody. It's it, some similarities, but I had to learn how to score like he did. That was my biggest off-season project when I got the number two job full-time, was learning how to score like him so that wow. I could keep Stonehenge and Jeez. figure out what type of pen that he likes so that he could see it with his eyes. It's unbelievable. It's I unbelievable. don't even know what to say. See, so now you're into what the, the, the granular stuff that I dig. Like, have you ever seen a Dave Sims scorecard for Seattle? When he, when Fernanda, uh, King, uh, King Felix threw his no hitter, he tweeted out, and it's just minimal and perfect. And it was amazing to look at, at Dave Sims. I did games, oddly enough, once in a while before he became the manager of the New York Yankees with, with Booney, Aaron Boone. 
mm-hmm. and it's it's just uh, we did just the um, the celebrity softball game, not the, even the futures game, celebrity mm-hmm. softball game, and yeah. he's got in there, and yet because they've seen so many games and they know the games went to, I don't know that he ever looked down at it again and could still tell you what some, you know, third rate drummer for rat or somebody had just done two innings or two his second at bat, you know, an hour earlier. It's crazy. But the, the craft that's in that and, and like you, it's, I, I, I look at what you see there and I just think, Oh my goodness, the story you could tell just recounting that game from whatever it is. Here's July 12th. Right, um, right. And you see a four three in the book or a seven, and you go, "Oh, I know exactly what happened." Because I can see it all again right there wow. when it goes through. But it, it's uh, yeah. So that's always fascinating. I did a speech once in uh, in like sixth grade on how to score a baseball game because that's <laughs> what a dumb nerd I am sports wise from way back when. So that's <laughs> it's, crazy. It, it's pretty but, cool. We got some books with coffee stains where you could like spill a coffee, and it's mm. it's game two of this beautiful fresh new book, and then you've got coffee stains for the rest of the season. It's wonderful. So does it ever I mean real quick, I have some cool crap. John, you have some really cool stuff in your <laughs> he's sitting with Bob Uger's score like ah no big deal. Like well it's you, theirs. You're being generous. It is the brewer, it is your scorebook as well. Understood. You know, I'm the keeper of the book. Like it always goes with me, no right. matter where it's I incredible. go. I know. I know. That's not the Bob Carpenter book, right? Because because Bob, no. Bob Carpenter, you know, has he Bob Carpenter, the 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 longtime play by play guy now of of the Nationals. I think he's going mm-hmm. in like year twenty, but it was with the Cardinals with ESPN. Right. But he kind of like, he developed his own scorebook that is a yeah. actually a fairly large seller. I don't know if it's universally used. Clearly, it's not when it comes through there. The role of Euchre's partner has changed. Yeah. When I was a kid and I listened to Bob Euchre and Merle Harmon, that was a 50-50 deal. Hell, Merle Harmon might have been more famous. He had sports shops in every mall, the Merle mm-hmm. Harmon fanfare. Um, and and while they trade, traded innings as to who was play-by-play and who was color, that was a partnership. It has grown. You know, when he was with uh, uh, the guy that was with the Cubs as well, Hughes. Yeah, Pat Hughes. Pat Hughes. Mm-hmm. You know, that was sort of, you know, even Pat there. It is it, – it, Bob's become such a large omnipresent thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'm curious as to how you find yourself relating to that. And as you said, you still have to find your own voice, right? Because I'm still, you know, I still here I am. And I'm the only guy that's doing 106. I'm doing more innings than anybody. Yeah. If you, you know, not that everybody's keeping track of that. Um, how do you balance those two things? So it's pretty pretty easy with Bob because, like I said, in the, in the first couple of innings when we're doing the pregame show and I'm doing my last little segment, the injury report, and then all right with the first pitch, here's Bob Euchre. It's more just getting out and laying laying out and letting him set up the game. The, that's that's my job. And and if you don't hear me until the second inning, it's not because I'm in the back and doing nothing. I'm there if Bob needs it or if he wants to get into a story or something. I'm there. Um, but I don't need to talk necessarily. I don't need to jump in and analyze what Scooter Jeanette did on that swing. I, I just, I don't need to do that. Um, right. I don't need to be a true analyst. And then in the third inning, when he tosses it to me, which is still very surreal every time he tosses it to me for the third inning and he goes, okay, right. for the play by play, here's Jeff. And I'm like, geez, how is this <laughs> life? How's this real life? Right. <laughs> that, why is Bob tossing it to me? Um, but then it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird and you kind of have to feel how he's doing on that particular day. If he needs a break, if the first two innings have been 
an hour and a half, which they tend to be at times, he's going to bolt. He's going to go grab a, a using her sausage or whatever. And I'll just do the play by play and I'll be by myself. And it's not the end of the world, but sometimes he tosses it to me, he keeps the headset on and he watches. And then it's kind of like, all right, well, let's let's get into some stuff. Let, let's talk right. about some things. And then he'll he'll be a color commentator for an inning and a half. Or if we're in a good conversation, he'll stay for two innings. It just depends on the game. Um, and it, it it comes with working with him a little bit. And, and, you know, when I work with my other partner, Lane, on the radio, it, it's different. He's, he is an analyst. He'll help out every now and again. And then when he's doing the play-by-play, I'm more of an analyst and I'm more engaged in, in conversations and helping out. Uh, but when it's, when it's Bob, it's kind of, it's, it's Bob time. He's the star. And, and again, like I, I, we talked about earlier, you just try and see how much of that onion he wants to peel that particular day and, and how the game, uh, the game dictates it, but it's, it's great. And, and with the fact that you never know who's going to come in the booth there, when he had his 50th anniversary this year, um, he ended up not working that day. It was a, a busy day and he had all this fanfare and, and rightfully so. So I did the play by play at home and Lane was working with me. And there was a time and I think the fifth or sixth inning where in the booth was Robin Yount, Paul Molitor and Uke, and they're just sitting there and they're talking, talking shop like they're best friends, like they are. Robin and Bob certainly are. They live right down the street from each other in Arizona. But they're talking, and I'm in the middle of doing play-by-play, and Lane probably jumped up to grab a pint of Cedar Crest ice cream or something. And all of a sudden, they're, they're taking a group photo with Kent, our engineer, for a 1,000 years. And Robin yells. He goes, wait, wait, we got to get Jeff in this picture. And I'm doing the play-by-play. We're in the middle of the inning. So he starts yelling at me. And then he finally grabs my shirt and goes, come take a picture. So in the middle of the inning, <laughs> I took my headset off. And I was like, I got, uh, you know what? Robin Yana is telling me I got to go take a picture. So I took my headset off, went and took the picture, came back down and missed one pitch. And then you've got content for a week just with that story. So you Unreal. Just, you just you, you just learn to adapt and and – those are the types of things that you don't get anywhere else. So, Trev, I don't know if you take notes as people are talking. I always am. So I'm just trying to think, besides Cedar Crest and Usinger, is there any other sponsor you need to get in before we get <laughs> <to> on? <laughs> okay, we're good with those two? Yes. No, nothing else? Okay. Well, it's like you're you listening them? to a broadcast, right? Because we, we talk about those things for innings oh, on damn. end. We've gotten Miller Lite. We've gotten American Family. I just want to make sure we're not losing anybody out. Do you need to – like a NASCAR driver, do you need to change your hat at any point well, and put something new on? This is usually well, where we drop festival foods. Straight, just, nice, great Wisconsin hardware store here in Menominee Falls. I think we're good. make sure you're good. I think we're okay, yeah. Outstanding. Excellent. When was the last time you sat there and just kind of shook your head and just went, you know, what a – crazy it, it, whether it's a story he was telling not just the personnel but just where you sat there and he he started in on whether it was you know here i am bob gibson and i were taking the you know we're taking the picture where i'm holding his hand like when was the last time he dropped one of those just as casually as could be and yet you were like that's uh boy that's what a good day i'm having at work it almost happens daily. The one for me is that, that kind of always stands out was in 2019 and we were in Cincinnati and he was on the trip because it was the end of the season and the Brewers were getting close to clinching. So the last road trip of the year was Cincinnati and Colorado. And I grew up in Northern California. Um, I grew up a, a Giants fan from day number one behind me is Willie Mays making the catch and 
Um, Even though that was in New York, but that's cool. That's all right. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> Bobby Thompson's up here too, and the shot heard around the world. But I was I was a big Giants fan, like Robbie Thompson and Kirk Manwaring and Matt Williams and Will Clark. They're my dudes. Like here you go, it's Will Clark, starting lineup guy. Um, so the Brewer the Brewers clinch. They clinch a spot in the playoffs in 2019. We're in Cincinnati, and we're about ready to go down and, and do the celebration. And you, we finish up our part of the postgame show and you gets a call from Joe Torrey on his cell phone and him and Joe go back and, and Frank and, and you were roommates back in their Braves days. So they're tight. So Joe gets on the phone with you. He goes, Hey, you I have someone here that, that wants to talk to you. And he goes, okay, who, who you got? And he's on the speakerphone and I'm sitting right next to him. And this voice comes on the phone and he goes, Hey, you. How you doing, my man? And you kind of sits there. He goes, I know this voice. And it clicks. And he says, Willie. <laughs> He's talking to Willie Mays. He's talking to Willie Mays on a speakerphone. And I, I, I crapped my pants for a second. I went, oh, my God. He's, he is talking to Willie Mays right now. This is amazing. And then he starts telling him that you know, he was, it, Willie says, hey, you, what are you doing these days? He goes, well, you know, I'm still working. I get an at-bat every week. <laughs> um, they still let me play. And Willie's kind of hook, line, and sinker buying it. No, man, they're not letting you play anymore. No, I, it's one at-bat, but, you know, I'm still part of the team. And they're letting me do it. And him having this five-minute conversation with Willie Mays was just spellbinding for me. Just amazing that I get to sit here and witness these two legends have a conversation in their eighties. And it was like they had no time had passed since the last mm. time they saw each other. That, that was an amazing wow. one for me. It's a good uh, time to transition to segment three. We will wrap it up with Jeff Levering lightning round. Next. These stories have been incredible, <laughs> Jeff. We're back in a second. This is inside Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare clinic, cobblestone Creek, the university of Wisconsin, Platteville mill home, supper club, festival foods, capital credit union, North star Mohican casino resort, American family insurance, roll tech and by Miller light. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. We're back inside Wisconsin with Jeff Levering. All right, lightning round edition. I have two yeah. questions, and then I kick it over to J.A. And he, he doesn't know what a lightning round is. I, I just I, – I, <laughs> Two right, questions. All right, here we go. These are my two. Number one. Jeff, how did it feel to win 2020 Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year? Real quick. Surreal. There's no reason for me to win it ever. <laughs> Going up against Brian Anderson, Wayne Larrabee, Matt LePay. I, I still think it's a clerical error. Could be. Yeah, cruel <laughs> joke. I know how that goes. You deserve yeah. it. Yeah. Last one. And I haven't asked this, and I, I can't believe John hasn't called me on it, but what is it about Wisconsin, Jeff? You had some chances to leave, yet you really dig it here. You grew up in California, and there's something about us, man. What is it? It's the people the people um you know you, you move into a house you move into a neighborhood and you just immediately it, there have been those opportunities and i just i go back and I go god i don't want i don't want to leave i love this place i love being here you're right in the middle of everything you're three hours away from new york you're three and a half hours away from california if you want to go there you're right in the middle of just everything it's a great place to raise a family and um I, lo I love Wisconsin. I'm, I am Scotty true and through. And if the last segment me with all of those name drops and all of our sponsors doesn't tell you anything, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of locked in here now. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Lightning right. round him up, J.A. All right. Uh, well, so this one's first. Give me the, the first family of running in Menominee Falls. First family of running? Like running, track and field. Track and field? Great yeah. question. Don't don't have that one for you. You got All that right. one? Well, it's that, it was the Hacker Brothers. Oh, oh. Menominee Falls North. They were terrific. And then they're, they're, they've got a son now, great runner. I think he was top 25 in the National Cross Country. Olin Hacker. Okay. He's in there. So just, it, it, just ask around. Ask about the Hackers. Okay. Menominee Falls North, unbelievable runners. Good. Okay, the hacker bonus one. That's just me helping you out. I appreciate that. That's going to be a broad encyclopedia. Now we'll go more to the standard ones. Uh, For your LA kind of when you were down to give me, uh, we want Roscoe's chicken and waffles or In and Out. In and Out. In and Out. Okay. A number of Packer games you've attended. One. When was that? 2019 Packers, then the Redskins, now the football team. Okay. Very good. Got a favorite cheese? Oh man, I love all the cheeses. I love all the cheeses. Um, but I, I've I've kind of gravitated towards some Gouda here recently. I'm kind of in a Gouda run. <laughs> Give me the best stadium that's not uh, Amfam. Oracle Park, San Francisco. Okay, Homer, love it. That's fine. Yeah. Totally. The view. <laughs> so that view is great, right? McCovey Cove yeah. and Leash Dairy. That's the best seat is in the upper deck, far right field. Because on a clear day, you can see not only the Bay Bridge, but Alcatraz and the Golden Gate. Give me the best minor leaguer from from uh, the Paw Sox days. That's that's number one, no doubt. Not even close. No. Well, Jeff, I, it's like, I hate to tell you, you're like so many of our guests. We're like, I feel like this is great for edition one with Jeff, and that'll be great. And I can't wait for edition two. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like there's so much more to mine here and so much uh, fascinating stuff. And your career's been so successful. And there'll be so many more memories we make. Hopefully this season there's going to be baseball. Trevor's more so, optimistic than I am. I don't know where I, you are. And that could take some doing. But um, hopefully you will have, you know, Boku games to, to call. Uh, maybe just 160. Take a day off. Take more than anything off. We'll see. We'll see. But I hope look, I don't have thanks to. Thanks so much for your time. And like I said, I can't wait for edition two with you. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to get to know you. Good to see you face-to-face. And, and maybe we'll get like a group chat going. I think that would be fun. <laughs> All right, Trev. Let's say goodbye <laughs> to our guests. We can spend the day Jeffrey. after. Do you have to build anything, by the way, post-birthday? Was there anything? You got to go get batteries, any of that for your daughter? Uh, no, no extra batteries, which was nice. Uh, I did build... I did build a Lego um, Arendelle Village house yesterday, which is great. Daughter's a big Frozen fan, so I built that. So she's just going through it. It's fun. It's really fun. I'm actually more into Legos than she is, so I'm I'm all about it. That's That's terrific. Very good. And then, yeah, and then I like the Polo Grounds picture for the guy who's a San Francisco person. (laughs) There it is. That was awesome. Love it. Hey, man, it was really great. This was awesome. Cheers. Good to meet you. We'll, We'll stay in touch. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Shut up and sit down. Uh, okay. All right. Th- this whole idea of being... Say. Why, don't, why don't we just say thanks, goodbye, see you in two weeks? What? <laughs> no. Yeah. Good. Yeah, he was that... I just... Okay, he was incredible. That was awesome. Here's my thing. Sometimes, and this happens, and you and I have talked about this, I forget that I'm co-hosting this. He's sitting there telling these stories, and I am a kid in a candy store. That was unbelievable and and he is really really incredible all i would tell you is don't you think that's the mark of someone that makes a good radio play-by-play guy is because he can spin a yarn he can tell a story he can hold his audience right i was all all that was missing was every once in a while for him to go two and two and there's ball three 
I would have loved that. Man, that was cool. All of a sudden, and there's a long fly ball. It's curling foul, and we'll do it again. (laughs) That's all you need. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that is part of that. You find that with uh, with guys that we've had, and we've been fortunate. We've kind of tapped a lot of the 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 broadcaster route here, whether it was him, whether it was Wayne Larrabee, where it was LePay, whether it was Brian Anderson. Um, That's that's part of the gift. It's part of why uh, I feel like really back home people are are blessed um with really good uh, yeah. broadcasters for the franchises um we'll wait and see how it develops with the bucks you know they got yeah. two new ones but it's great uh, the, you know they've got some some history making people there but it's it's really um a neat a neat deal that people have that and that take it from me who has to listen to yankee games out here and there are <laughs> more name names but not what we have in wisconsin I was just going to say, we certainly don't take it for granted here. So, all right, J.A., this is typically when we do a a John Wisconsin story. I doubt you got one from over the holidays. Maybe you have something to share. I was going to pin something on you, top of mind. What do you got? Well, you loved going to the Brewers games with your dad back in the day. And so I I was curious, is there a Brewers moment over the course of your childhood as we are only 38 days from, fingers crossed, pitchers and catchers reporting, what's the one Brewers moment that really sticks out to you? Oh my goodness. Gosh. Yeah. I don't I know, know that hard. I could pull that that quickly. You know, I don't know. Um, there's some, I, w- I will tell you this about with my dad, cause it kind of oddly enough fits in the holidays. And we used to go around my birthday, which is in mm-hmm. May, but this still mm-hmm. happens. So I have every baseball glove. I have a glove I have ever owned. Oh, that's cool. Except for one, my very first baseball glove, which was a blue, uh it was blue blue glove wasn't for brewers i just had to be blue it was uh and uh by the way when i played for the brewers in my little eight-year-old first team low minors there in green bay over at coburn park uh danny jansen also had a blue glove and he was left-handed what are the chances so on occasion we would switch our our you know our gloves would get confused but you know how you put it on you're like this isn't mine and then and he'd go nope this isn't mine and then our moms were smart enough to write our names in them uh but i have everyone except for that blue glove which i went now with my dad at my birthday so now i'm probably 10 or 12 because i have my new glove that i have purchased over at prangy way uh over at military <laughs> and mason or whatever yeah that where that is uh in at the prangy way that used to be there don sutton autograph model um that i used uh, story on that later uh, sure. another time but anyway so we take it down because it is the uh, an early kind of Toys for Tots, Marines Drive, even in that time. Uh-huh. And so I had that blue glove that I donated at the time to the Toys for Tots there at County Stadium. Um, now it's new and unwrapped. It's gotten better. I think back in the early 70s, it was, you know, in its infancy. Um, so there, there's my holiday brewer remembrance is that I have every glove that I've ever had except for that first blue one. Uh, but I know somewhere it's in a good spot. And there was some kid like I am that went, wow, a left-handed glove, which by the way, <laughs> is really hard to find. That's why I still have my left-handed catcher's mitt. Wow. Um, so you there I have for that. Toys for Tots. That's for really cool. my other holiday message would be like, look at it. Did you see these? Have you gotten the Packers volume of holiday, <laughs> holiday stuff? Oh, you, you mean the ones that Mark Murphy sent you direct and said, hey, John, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Congrats. Really kind of him. It's great. You know, I yeah. try to help. the, 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 the good. I don't know that the franchise ever needs my help, but I try to be there when I can. But that'll be some fascinating reading, I think. 
Sure. As will the as will the five uh, DVD collection. It's, I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff. Hopefully, I'll make some time in the new year to get to all that stuff. A lot of stuff. But just yeah. so you know, that's going to be over. It's going to be over the old shoulder here. Literally right there. That's great. Right there. I got red in the face just now. We'll be fine. Until <laughs> next time. As you were, Wisconsin. Happy holidays. We'll see you next time. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Cobblestone Creek, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Mill Home Supper Club. Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Rolltech, and by Miller Lite. Shut up and sit down.